Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Wisdom Wednesdays, a little midweek dose of thoughts and reflections. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, author and entrepreneur passionate about stretching minds and perspectives to release you from the past and open your mind up to the unlimited possibilities that life offers each and every one of us if we care to look. If you like the Not Perfect podcast, please share, rate and comment as that really helps me grow this show to bring you even more inspiring guests weekly. Today, we are going to be speaking about connection and loneliness with my amazing guest who will be joining me. It's Gillian Richardson, the author of Unlonely Planet and the founder of The Joylist, a newsletter with the mission of making New York City and eventually the world a less lonely place. Gillian deeply believes that bringing people together is one of life's greatest gifts and that most of the world's problems stem from a lack of connection. Gillian is on a mission to inspire others to make healthy congregations and co-create an unlonely planet. What is a quote you return to often and why? So a quote I return to often, it was actually something that was on the back of a business card that somebody gave me and I loved it so much. I just put it up on my wall. The quote is, once in a while, it really hits people that they don't have to experience the world in the way they have been told to. And that is, I believe you pronounce his name, Alan Keatley. Uh, I have no idea who that is, but I love the quote. Uh, And I love it because it's saying kind of the stories you were passed down from your family, the things that you learned growing up, the things that society tells you were true are all things that are worth being questioned. And just because your world looks one way in this moment doesn't mean you don't have the power to shift and change how you perceive things. And in my work, the people who you have around yourself and the way you choose to engage in friendships and relationships. Wow. That is such a lovely thing to reflect on. Mm -hmm. Completely. What is a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? Ooh, okay. A life lesson I've been reminded of recently is that when we worry about how people perceive us in a certain way, like we're worried about people seeing us through our gender or our age, we're kind of going to be on the lookout for people judging us more like I, I had a speaking engagement this past weekend where people were the age of 55 and older, pretty much. And I'm in my 20s. And I had to remind myself, people came to see me speak. They're not judging me for being young. And if anything, they might be more curious because I have a different worldview than they do. Mm, really powerful. Thank you so much for that. How do you define happiness? Being content with what is. I've noticed, I think the people I admire the most are the most cool with whatever emotional wave that they're on. Like I have a close friend, Sean, 
we'll call each other and just be like, I'm not thriving. <laughs> like, I'm not okay. I'm in a shitty mood. And the people who can just own that, I feel like they, they might not be the classical definition of happy, like bubbly and up all the time, but they can be okay with the fact that they're not okay. Yeah. Total self-acceptance of what they are in. Yeah. What do you understand as soul? I mean, I feel like it's the thread that connects us to other people and connects us to God. And I feel like it's the same thing for people who believe in God and who don't. Like it's the same energy, no matter what label you put on it. I know a pastor who she uses the phrase mother, father, sister, brother, everything God when she starts a prayer. because And I love it because she's essentially saying it's the same thing. It's genderless. It's fluid. It's a tree. It's the ground. It's the air. And I just love that definition so much. Totally. That's so lovely. Thank you for starting off on such a harmonious note. (laughs) I try. So I read on your website that the average person in America only has one close friend and 75% of people are not satisfied with their friendships currently. And I have to say, I was really stunned. I knew we were in an epidemic of loneliness, but those numbers were shocking. Why do you think we are in this state? Well, first of all, I'll say that like there are different studies that say different things. Like a study came out last year that said that people have an average of three friends, but then that study says one close friend. And so it's hard to know like what really the real numbers are because people read these questions in different ways, answer in different ways, but it's somewhere kind of between like one to five, depending on what study you look at. But really, I think that we've lost these relational skills that we put so much time into our work life, into maybe just our family life, that we don't feel like we have enough energy or time or emotional vulnerability to deepen friendships with other people. I'm a coach as well. And in the clients that I work with, there's often just this story that people tell themselves that everyone else is good on friends and they should know how to make friends by this age and they should be good at it and they should already have a circle of friends. And when that doesn't happen, people just kind of give up. And once you leave college, you don't have that immediate circle of friends. Maybe you work for yourself instead of in an office. There are just fewer automatic spaces where you can make friends and then people kind of realize oh, this is going to take intentional thought and effort and planning to really make friends, let alone deep spiritual friendships, people who lift you up and you lift them up and you support each other and you have aligned values. That's a whole different ballgame. And so people just don't. It is really interesting to me. Obviously, last year, there was this great trend, the great resignation, they called it. And Mm -hmm. obviously, that was very kind of stimulated by covid Uh, with this idea of people wanting to quit their jobs. And I was thinking to myself, what also is lost when you step out of the conventional work arena, which I know really doesn't suit many people, and I arguably have weird, fluid job. But one of the things that I really fell on was this idea of, wow, workplaces do create environments to make new friends. And the rise of these co-working spaces 
or actually not working from home must have had a huge impact on people's mental health. Oh, completely. I feel like the pandemic has taught us how important human connection is and how it's a muscle like anything else. Like you lift weights to build muscle and it takes time and you start at a lower weight and you go up to a higher weight. And you see that in social interactions, how many people have said, oh, I don't know how to talk to people anymore. <laughs> like, mm. how do I even, like, even struggling to make eye contact with people, struggling to figure out how to start or end a conversation. And again, we're shaming ourselves like, man, I shouldn't be this weird or this awkward. Well, like, of course you are. If you haven't talked to a person in a few days, or if you're mostly working from home, you're not going to gatherings. Like even phone calls, it's different than being in front of a physical person. Historically, when do you think this changed? Like in civilization, loneliness levels have never been so high. And obviously it isn't just a COVID thing because we were talking about loneliness prior to the pandemic. What do you think has happened in our evolution to create such loneliness? Well, there's a great book called Bowling Alone that it's one of the seminal books on loneliness and a big point that the author makes is that people used to be part of community groups more often. And so it's why it's called bowling alone is he uses the example of people being in bowling leagues, doing something every week with members of their community, seeing them consistently deepening those relationships to literally bowling alone. And so that transition you see in so many areas, the book that I wrote focuses on people leaving organized religion and especially young people. There are more young people now than ever who are not affiliated with any organized religion. Organized religion does offer a lot of benefits in terms of community support. And then when you suddenly don't have that with a huge group of people, but you haven't replaced it with something new, like, okay, instead of going to church every week and when you're sick, your church helps you out. Uh, if there's a fire, people come help with the cleanup, like any of these things that organized religion is good at. And so there's just this huge void that takes a lot of time and energy and planning to try and replace in any way. That's really interesting. And you're right. I, I don't know what someone replaces that with. And what feels to be the replacer is social media, which as we know is not a particularly great replacer. Completely. And this is really kind of the the structure of my book is that each chapter goes into something that organized religion could give you and how you can bring it into your own life. And the thing that is kind of just the bummer footnote is that it does take time and energy and thought and planning to do this. Like you have to figure out what events you want to go to, what events you want to volunteer at and go every week or every other week and be vulnerable and ask people to hang out. And, and so it also kind of, there's a deeper issue of how much free time people even have to begin with. Yes. Yes. And I really want to come on to that because I think often our exhaustion is often the enemy of connection. So in the book, you talk about seven ways to find healthy connection. Yes. Would you mind taking us through some of these ways that you found really helpful? So one of the things that I mentioned is this idea of getting friend to mit, quote unquote. And this is taken from an author, Shasta Nelson, who is an expert in friendship. And she talks about friend intimacy, meaning learning the skills to deepen friendships over time. And she talks about 
time, consistency, and positivity, meaning how much time are you spending with this person? How consistently are you seeing this person? And also, how good do you feel around each other? Like, how are you lifting up and supporting each other? And so she doesn't mean positive in the way of you're always in a good mood with each other. You're always smiling and laughing. But to say, like, generally, when you think about this person, do you feel better? Are you excited to see this person? I love that term, frontimacy. It's such a Mm -hmm. good and simple word. And often intimacy just gets associated with romantic connection. But intimacy and friendship is the most like marshmallow feeling. It is so soft and fluffy. Yeah, totally. There's this term called amato normativity. And it means that we prioritize romantic relationships above all others, meaning a romantic relationship. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ship should be prioritized over anything else, and that's actually really detrimental to our mental health and kind of discourages us from making better friendships. And there's actually a stat that I learned from Danielle Jackson, who's another friendship coach. A woman's happiness can be directly tied to the strength of her female friendships. Like the male romantic partner will not add to her happiness as much as having a solid crew of female friends. Oh my gosh. I love that point. Mm -hmm. Statistically, the happiest people are single women. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What what is your next point for building more connection in our life? So another one is the power of sharing with strangers. This is something I find people can get kind of isolated in their own social bubbles. And maybe you're not comfortable sharing really vulnerable things with your friends. Maybe you kind of have the same topics you always talk about. And it's easy to forget what's going on in the broader world. And I think this is why any 12-step group is so incredible because Mm -hmm. it's a space where you're talking about something you probably have a significant amount of shame over, whether that's alcoholism or drug addiction or sex addiction or overeating. Like Those spaces are really sacred to be able to go into a space where you can hear other people are struggling and other people are messy and it's not just me. And in fact, like maybe I'm further along in my healing than I realized, or I hear how much worse my situation could be like, just to see like, oh, wow, these people are being super real. And how am I not doing that in my day-to-day life? 
Brilliant tip. And do you have one more that you can share? I'm really, I think these are so helpful. Yeah. Another one I would suggest is to find healing spaces because again, in our day-to-day lives, there's just so much deep emotional work and processing that we don't have the space for. Like say, for example, somebody you love dies and you don't know how to process that. And you're kind of just moving through your day-to-day life. You don't know how to have conversations with other people. Your friends don't know how to have these conversations with you. And it feels like there's just something that's stuck to find spaces that are particularly for whatever that thing is. And so that could look like a men's circle, a women's circle, a retreat for whatever the thing is that you're going through. Everyone is carrying something big. So sometimes I think we can be experiencing loneliness that actually can't identify it as loneliness. What are signs do you advise people to look out for to recognize that maybe they are actually lacking connection in their life or perhaps, you know, someone else they know is? What are some of the signs that maybe we can recognize in others? So one would be a big, big obsession with dating. If you're constantly swiping through dating apps, you're setting up dates multiple nights of the week, you're filling your calendar with person after person after person to maybe think about what need you're trying to get met. And of course, dating is a totally normal, natural thing to do, but there should be a balance of other types of relationships. And to say like, would it feel better tonight for me to go over to my best friend's house and just get in our pajamas and like braid each other's hair and watch The Bachelorette? Like maybe that's actually something that would feel more nourishing than another first date. How do you um, kind of advise people who are more introverted, let's say? Because I do think that this world often favors extroversion. Totally. You know, I think sometimes it can be really hard to find those powerful connections. What are your thoughts on finding connection being an introvert? I would say, first of all, that you're totally right. The world is designed for extroversion. But what I would say is think about what kind of social interaction would generally feel good to you because you don't have to go to a loud bar. You don't have to go to a party. You can do anything you want. Like that quote I said at the beginning, the world doesn't have to be the way that people say it is. You can just call a friend and I've done this with friends where they're like, hey, you want to read books together? Like you want to meditate together? There's also people who you just go and do errands together because You both need to go grocery shopping, might as well do it together. And so just to really take that time to reflect and be like, what is it that would feel the best for me? And then can I be brave enough to ask for it? You're right. There is a fear to ask for connection. And I wondered what your thoughts were on past friendship trauma that I feel kind of everyone has. Oh, yeah. And so you may have overextended in the past or, you know, especially for the people pleasers among us like myself because you know you have a vulnerability to be a people pleaser, you almost kind of withdraw. How do you heal old friendship wounds? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is one, getting more comfortable setting boundaries and also doing the work to know that you'll be okay if you hear a no. Like I actually, I have an online course on boundary setting, which seems so maybe random when most of my work is on kind of friendship and relationships, but I find that that's the number one way my clients mess up a friendship is not being comfortable saying no or setting a boundary 
or even just reaching out in the first place. And then they just never talk to the person again. They're like, oh, that person did something to upset me. And instead of telling them, I'm just never going to communicate with them ever again, which like sounds silly. And we're doing it kind of unconsciously, but people do it all the time. And so to say, hey, you know, like I know we had plans to hang out tomorrow, but I am so wiped out from work. Are you open to hanging out this weekend instead? It's okay to say no to something. And it's not because you hate the person. Like you're allowed to have your own needs and want to take a nap or spend some more time with your kids or just veg out and watch a movie because your brain is dead and you don't have the capacity to really be there for a deep conversation with somebody else. To your point, right at the beginning, it seems like a muscle. Mm -hmm. This is facing your fear and being able to walk through it. Yeah. A quick example I'll give on that is my friend, Sean, who I mentioned before, he will end phone calls kind of quickly, which I wasn't used to, where he'll be like, hey, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to make lunch. Love you. Or like, you know, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to take a nap. And we would end the conversation. And I'm so used to kind of just letting the person talk until they want to end the conversation, even if I'm not really engaged anymore. (laughs) Or I'm like, they're talking and I'm kind of like scrolling on my phone and I'm not listening to them at all, which is no good for anyone. And just something as simple as him ending the conversation when he wanted to end the conversation. Now I do that with him and I do it in other conversations because literally I just never heard someone be that direct about why they wanted to end a conversation or just like, yeah, that's all I had to say. Love you. Bye. Like <laughs> You're allowed I to do that. Love that. I am a terrible person at not ending conversations. I'm like mm-hmm. you. Gosh, this has been very, very thoughtful. I've realized I've got a lot of work to do. (laughs) Great. I'm like, don't we all forever and always? (laughs) That's so true. Before we go, I'd love to talk to you about something you also do a lot of workshops around, which Mm -hmm. is everyday spirituality when you're not in an organized religion. I think this is very interesting. It's something this podcast explores a lot and, you know, really explores the different kind of definitions of spirituality. What is your take on that? Oh man, I really think that a big reason people feel lonely is they don't have a connection to something that is bigger than themselves. And I think people who aren't part of an organized religion think that that connection isn't for them. Like, oh, well, I don't go to synagogue or church. And so I'm not allowed to pray, for example. Mm. I'm like, no, you can pray. You can do whatever you want. Like, I can't meditate and feel connected to a bigger energy than me, or I can't think about what my own spiritual values are. And so there's this like real hunger that people have, and they might not even start to try and fill it because they think there's not a real way to do it. When in reality, there are so many spiritual practices that you can kind of pick and choose and design your own practices. And I find in my life, the people who have intentionally designed their own spiritual life, they think about what their values are. They spend time in silence in nature. Those are the people that when I'm in their presence, I always feel the most energized and nourished by them because like they're there, you feel it. And you can really only be really there with someone when you have these spaces in your life to just be with yourself. That's a really, really interesting way of looking at 
another approach to loneliness and this idea of changing the narrative of how we recharge ourselves and alone time being this beautiful way to recharge to feel more connected when we are then with people Mm -hmm. completely so many things to reflect on you know in the conversation we've just had and for anyone who is feeling lonely what would be you know your advice to them right now so my biggest piece of advice is to not shame yourself It's totally normal that you feel lonely. Really, our society is designed to feel lonely and it takes a lot of time and energy and thought to get out of that space. And I would also recommend that you remember if you're feeling kind of scared to ask someone to hang out with you, statistically speaking, that person is probably lonely and you're giving them a big gift by asking them to hang out. That's so lovely. Thank you so much for this really thoughtful and heart-opening conversation about how we can connect with ourselves better, to connect with others better, and ways for us to all feel less lonely. So where can we find you? And I know you do workshops and talks, but how can people ask questions? Yeah, so people can find me on social media at that Jillian. I'm that Jillian on all of the things. And if you want to learn more about me, my website is that jillian.com. If you want to subscribe to the joy list, also learn about coaching, all that stuff. It's joylist.nyc. My websites are a little bit confusing still right now. I'm working on it because I have too many offerings on too many websites, but those are the places you can find me. Okay, perfect. And we will put a link to your book in the show notes and also a link to your socials as well. So people can follow you. Yay. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been delightful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. It would be a huge support if you wouldn't mind rating, subscribing and sharing this podcast. I also would love to hear from you. So please find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discuss. Download Happy Not Perfect, my app that's designed to boost your mood and help you sleep and give you mindfulness in less than five minutes. It's packed full of science-backed tools and rituals to give your mind the care it needs. Sending lots of love and energy. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.